Hello, 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 and welcome to the Sims and Lefko podcast. Oh, welcome, welcome. How are you, Simsy? I'm doing well. How are you, Lefkoe? Oh, I'm so good. good. I'm so good. Oh, you're wearing maroon today. Shocker. I love the color. Oh, we know you do. You can't wear it because if you blushed, you'd look like a human yeah, tomato. I, I wouldn't wear it. I mean, you're just, you're Johnny Cool Pants, man. I don't do that stuff. Johnny Cool Pants. Johnny Cool Pants. Uh, we have an awesome show. We are going to be having Martellus Bennett joining us a little bit later. We're finally going to get to Sims' linebackers. We're going to dig into the out of left go field hat for a number of topics because I know that you guys like it. And I'm back on Pepe Sylvia. Whoa. Last time I did Pepe Sylvia, I predicted the Eagles would win the Super Bowl, and it happened. And Goskowski missed those kicks. Well, I've got another one. And you got to stay tuned because I'm in the basement and I got a whole box of Pepe with your name on it. What the hell is Pepe Sylvia? It's from the show It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Right. And there was a sketch that I'm mentioning. Right. Have you ever seen the show? I've heard of it. Okay. I'm not wasting my time. Did you know that we're nominated for a Webby? I mean, I saw the email. Yeah. So Sims and Lefko, we are nominated for a Webby. We are currently in second place behind Bill Simmons for best sports podcast, I think it is. We're going to lose. No, 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 no. no. (laughs) Screw that. I need you guys go online, go register for the Webbies. I'm going to put it. I'm going to pin it for a tweet. Help us out if we can upset Ben's uh, Bill Simmons. Well, then I'll feel like Ben Simmons. But we can upset Bill Simmons. I'm going to make sure that Sims does something really embarrassing to reward you guys for voting. So sounds it's, good. It's at the cost of Sims. Support us with the Webbies. <laughs> uh, the amount of people that took my side in Bear versus Lion. We talked about it at dinner. Right. Shocking. Yes. I've read some of them to you. Yes. Are you coming anymore, Team Bear, or are you still Team Lion? I mean, I guess I have to go look at some of these archaic <laughs> videos, which I don't even want to watch, really. I don't watch them We either. talked about that at dinner. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I guess I'm definitely on the fence a little bit more than I You're, was. You've come a little bit to the Bear side. I think so, certainly, yes. Very convincing maybe tweets I'm, maybe from I'm our wrong. listeners. Well, you know, what I, you know what I think started to get me? I think this is where it got me. Like... Um, all right, well, let's go back to the San Antonio LeBron James conversation. Oh, what a horrible athlete. I mean, he's cramping up. He's not in good shape. Right. No, the freakiest athletes cramp up. That's what happened to LeBron James. And I think the uh, one guy that made the point about the no muscle endurance for the and Lions, Lions get tired very and that'd quickly. be issue. Yes, because they're all muscle. There's no mm. fat on them. And that's where I think I was like, you're right. So he'd have to kill that bear within the first three minutes. And that ain't happening. And that's probably not happening. Right. Right. It finally happened. I finally got you. Yeah, I got to watch the videos first. I got to see the video evidence to make sure. All right. Got to scout it. I want to say farewell. I think it's very uh, sad that Titan Strength and Conditioning Coach Steve Watterson retires after 32 seasons. And we just talked about him. The same week that we talked about him. Uh, You know what? He actually would be a fun guest. We're going to have him on. We really should. We need to have him on. Because he probably has nine million stories. Yes. He's one of my favorite coaches well, I was ever around, but retired. You talked about him. He sounds like a loony bin. Yo, he's a loony bin. And I think this is what I envisioned happening, okay? Okay. It's the New, e- New England staff down there, right? John Robinson, Vrabel's there. Yes. And he was like, you want me here at what time? How long do I got to stay here? I haven't done it like this. I'm retiring. See you fucking later. Well, there's a quote. (laughs) His quote was, as I was preparing for another offseason to begin, it became clear to me that it was time for me to step down and retire. Watterson said his (laughs) thing. See? He got the schedule. He continued with this. (laughs) Then, when I heard a former player share the story of me doing naked headstand push-ups on a Webby Award-nominated podcast, I really knew it was time to go. My heart just dropped there for a second. (laughs) No, but I think the first part of that was actually true. Yeah. And it kind of sounds like 
Vrabel was in. He's like, 4 a.m. workouts. And Watterson's like, and I've been in the game for yeah. three decades. Yeah. How do I organize this? I don't know. I'm just getting out of this one. Yeah, that's what I would imagine happened. You know, I got a little experience with that when I was with the Denver Broncos and Josh McDaniels came over to take over the reins of the organization. And, of course, he did things New England way. And New England ways can be brutal. It's tough. There's no doubt about it, especially on the training staff and the people right. that are, uh, you know, the actual, uh, you know, the workout guys. What the hell am I trying to workout coach, workout trainers, too? Yeah. So both of them. I mean, New England, this is where they will do you in Denver or when New England. Like when you're hurt, they basically make rehab so miserable that you go, hmm. I can limp out there today and make it happen. Because they like, just don't want you in the room. Be here at 4 in the morning. Get your rehab done before we start meetings. And this sucks for the players, but also the trainer has to be there That's where I was going. Morning. Exactly mm. right. So they're like some of the old school trainers at the Broncos, I think they were like in total culture shock the first year because wow. they were, of course, working more hours than they ever had previously. Number of Patriot stories we're going to get to in a little bit. But this is the time of the year where every year people forget. And me and Sims get frustrated by a lot when it comes to the NFL. But one thing that always gets me going is when people forget that we just talked about something this time last year and we got to go through all this crap again. And the big theme of this week is showing up. Remember last year? Fletcher Cox didn't come to a voluntary Uh-oh. camp, and it was like, oh, no, he doesn't care. How is this going to set back the defense? Oh, and man. he had one of his best seasons of his career, right. and they win the Super Bowl, and he is a huge reason why. But today, Khalil Mack oh, didn't show up. To I don't know if he'll camp. be able to get out of a three-point stance and come off the edge without Ezekiel the first day. Ansa, oh, still in Ghana. They're screwed. Lions season over. Raiders, you're done. Is it? But it, how? We just, we just dealt with this I last mean, year. Khalil Mack's not going to sit in the meeting and listen to Gruden today. It's over. It's fucking over. I mean, I know. Now that, that drives one, me crazy. The Khalil Mack one, though. Trust it's, me. It's a little different because Gruden's involved. I get that. It, well, I mean, it is and Matt not, Patricia not, with Anza. Yeah, yeah, but I, but Gruden's different than Patricia. Yeah, right. Gruden would be like, <laughs> you know, like he's going to take it to that next level. But he also would be like, I mean, uh, I mean, if I was built like Khalil Mack too, I wouldn't come here either. I'd just show up and be like, hey, fuck you, I'll play. <laughs> you think so? I mean, that's You don't think Gruden's getting a little at like bent out of shape about it? Uh, no, I, Khalil Mack, as you know, we've met him before. Yes. I would think he has contacted the team to go, I'm not going to be here for gotcha. the first few days, whatever it may be. They're not worried. Guys like Khalil Mack and the Ziggy Anzas of the world and whatever they're who it may be. Right, they're professional. He's already in shape. He hasn't gotten out of shape. I don't think it's possible for Khalil Mack to get out <laughs> right. of Right. I mean, he's like a chiseled piece of iron. Yeah. But yeah, even the Rondé, Bo- Bro- Rondé Barber, the Derek Brooks of the, the teams, I mean, they weren't always there day one. They, they've earned the stripes to miss a day or two or just show up when they're ready to go. Yeah, it's funny. One of my follow-up questions was, Sims, could you please imitate Gruden learning that Mac didn't show up and you did it without me even asking? <laughs> <laughs> if I was Khalil Mack, I, I mean, I, I probably wouldn't be here either. I'd just be walking around doing curls and with but my he, shirt off. The amount of think pieces that are going to come out about, is Khalil Mack really a leader for not coming? Enduring a transition, don't you need your leaders to be there? We just experienced all this. Yeah. Now, the flip side is Odell. Right. Odell showed up. Oh, and everyone's like, it's all solved. Johnny Professional it. gave us so happy. Jiggle the camera, Gabe. Give, jiggle it for us. Oh, yeah. yeah. Shimmy, shimmy, We're shot. on the wrong camera. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> uh, but I think uh, what's interesting, though, about the Odell is, one, he's still doing the Lefko marketing plan. He is. Every Wednesday night, we publish a podcast, and Odell publishes a video of him working out. Right. 
Right. But then I hear that the beginning of the workouts is strength and conditioning and physical rehabilitation. Yeah. And we talked about this last year. Right. He's going to get better workouts, not at the training facility. Probably. I mean, he's working out ready to go no matter what. But this was a visual like this PR is, thing, right. too. It's political. Shermer said all the right stuff. He's Definitely. been great during this entire thing. Yeah, well, because I'm sure he's like, are you fucking kidding me? We're going to trade him away when I get here to become the head coach? I mean, I've been salivating over coaching this guy, yes. and we're going to get rid of him. So uh, this is the other angle you have to think of, too. The, the workouts, you're right. I mean, he, pro- he probably would get more benefit doing it his own. But regardless, he gets to be there, gets to meet some of these coaches, people that he hasn't met, right? right? And the other thing, too, is he does – I mean, I think Odell wants to play for the Giants and be here in New York City, and it's a new offense, a new system. So that's the first thing that you'll learn today, too, is he's going to start to learn the language and some of the base plays to get that you know in his brain a little right. bit. So those are the positives No, that doesn't it. happen until Phase 2. I just I looked it up. The first two weeks of the nine week program is, just, is phase one, and, and that's just, just conditioning and rehab. So there's and no meeting uh, people. Yes. Phase two is when you can start talking about concepts and all that stuff. So there's no going in meeting rooms. Is that what they're saying? I mean, I can't. I don't really that. think that happens. My there's thing, no though, way is you like, could keep me at a meeting room on a day today. There was a Giants fan in the office, and he came up to me. He goes, "You know, Odell came today, and I'm sure that now Mara's a little bit more comfortable giving him a contract." Oh, that and I'm did like, it. He showed up one time. That did and it. And now, now a hundred million. Yeah, it's a hundred million. Uh, our guy Kyle Brandt over at Good Morning Football. I love Kyle. Yes. I really do. I just thought he had a really bad take that I saw on the internet today. Right. If I saw Kyle Brandt, I would do two things. I'd go, one, here's some tequila. Let's get sloshed. And great job supporting the Eagles during the Super Bowl run. But he said today, he said, Odell, just show up and be the best employee possible. It will end the way it does in the corporate world with money. That's I, Kyle, this is not the corporate it's world. It's not the corporate yeah, world. That's not. what we keep saying. Right. Jarvis Landry showed up, and he got traded to Cleveland. Yeah. Odell showed up last, last year and got nothing. And almost lost his knee in the preseason game and then got hurt. So and that, that whole show up and get yeah. paid, I, I vehemently disagree. Landry showed everybody. He right. was the perfect soldier last year and got nothing done. Right. I mean, they franchise tagged him, but it wasn't for his benefit. No, they held him hostage because they just didn't want to let him walk out the door for free. You're right. And so. now the stories are that it's very highly unlikely that Odell gets traded. Yeah, of course. You think so? Well, I mean, I don't think it's like highly, highly unlikely. I still think there's a chance. I don't think this story dies out to me until a week after the draft. That's when I go, okay, a week after, and I go, finally, okay, team's got their roster, they're ready, the end of the story, Odell's going to be on the Giants. Because, you know, up to the draft, certainly, we know this could still happen. After the draft, there might be teams that wanted a receiver and needed a difference maker, didn't get what they want, and they might go, okay, let's reevaluate this whole situation. But at the end of the day, again, I just think it's a really risky thing for the Giants to do, PR-wise and on the field-wise. Eli Manning's not the same guy without Odell Beckham Jr. It's 14 touchdowns and 14 interceptions without Odell. With Odell, it's 66 touchdowns and 29 interceptions. So it's a much better style of play. Plus, you're going to worry about the backlash like we talked about, right? Yes. He goes he goes to some other team yeah. and tears it up, and we're all going to – every New Yorker Gabe over here is going to you know cry a river four days a week. Oh, he was the greatest receiver ever, and he was here five days a week, he says. Yes. So, I mean, uh, it's risky. And again, can we just say it one more time? I mean – the fucking guy, all he's done, I mean, okay, 
He got into a fight with Josh Norman on the field. That's probably the worst thing he's done. Right. And from everything I've heard, it I was, think it is the worst thing. When he dove at Josh Norman's right. head, that was the worst and thing. And if you talk to anybody in the NFL, the it, one thing I constantly hear is it was homophobic slurs the whole game towards Odell Beckham Jr. And they had a Jr. bat in the beginning so of the So there game. was a bunch yeah. of issues there. So, okay, there's that. Okay, the day trip to Miami on the day off. I know it's not the greatest look, but, I mean, come on. Is it as bad as like Antonio Brown throwing the huge Gatorade jug all over the sideline in Baltimore or doing Facebook Live after a playoff game? No, it's not. But for some reason, yeah. one's like this charismatic nice guy, and I want to be like, they're the same person, basically. Yeah. But I, well, I don't get it. Well, Sims, you gave your take. Yes. And now I'd like to give mine. I not know where you're going. Not only do I think, so I want you to just let me do this. Yes. Let it breathe. Right. Not only do I think Odell should be traded. I know where he needs to go. <laughs> I know this very well. The 49ers need to trade for Odell Beckham Jr. because they are the 1981 49ers and they can relaunch that dominant dynasty of the 80s. And it starts and ends with Odell. But I'd like to start off first with the coaches. This is possible. Bill Walsh. Bill Walsh's first college coaching job, Sims, was a low-level assistant coach for a public university in California. His first NFL job, wouldn't you know, was with the Raiders. In Walsh's turnaround season with the Niners, he started his backup quarterback for the first time in December. Montana led them to a comeback win in that game, and they finished the season 6-10. and Right. Current head coach of the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan. His first Holy college crap, hold on a second. Let me see that. His first college coaching job was a low-level assistant coach for a oh public university gosh. in California. That's when he UCLA. thought he was he, he thought he was Tyler Durden from Fight of Club course. right there. His first job was with the current coach of the Raiders. And in Shanahan's first turnaround season, he started his backup quarterback for the first time in December. Jimmy G led them to a comeback win and they finished the season 6 and 10. <laughs> Let's talk about those quarterbacks, shall we? Joe Montana was born to an Italian family in the Midwest. Surprisingly, he didn't play quarterback for his high school team until his junior year. At six foot two, he was drafted by a legendary coach named Bill after the first round. Man, he was drafted in the third round. Yes. Yeah. Damn, Phil Sims should have been there. Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> was born to an Italian family in the Midwest. Mm. Surprisingly, he didn't play quarterback for his high school team until his junior year. At six foot two, he was drafted by a legendary coach named Bill after the first round. <laughs> but now to the GOAT and the missing piece, the new GOAT. Jerry Rice was a three-sport star in the South, dominating in football, basketball, and track, who then attended college in his home state. He was the third receiver taken in his draft, yet he went on to win NFC Offensive Rookie of the Year. Odell Beckham Jr. was a three-sport star in the South, dominating in football, basketball, and track, who then attended college in his home state. He was, wouldn't you know, the third receiver taken in his draft, yet he went on to win the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. And I know it seems crazy, but there's more. The 1981 49ers team went on to rumble to a 13-3 record and win the Super Bowl in the Pontiac Silverdome. Right. It was the first Super Bowl held in that stadium that shared a name with a car company and was unique because its roof had technology that was nowhere else in the NFL. Granted, it was a roof that had plenty of issues early on. 
Well, the Super Bowl this season, Sims, it's in Atlanta. Right. It's Mercedes-Benz Stadium. It's oh, going to be the first Super Bowl held in a stadium that shares a name with a car company. Are they having roof problems, too? Well, I'll tell you what. They have technology in their roof that is not seen anywhere else in NFL, but they've already had some technological issues early on. <laughs> if the 49ers trade for Odell Beckham Jr., they will launch the new dynasty of Niners football. They will become the 81 San Francisco 49ers. John Lynch, make the call. Let's go. Get it done. I mean, come on. I mean, come on is right. Pepe Silvia is real. I don't know if anybody will like listening to us anymore, though. We'll be so hardcore 49ers fans on this podcast. I don't even care Everybody's going to be like, what? I can't listen to this shit. I just... Uh, <sighs> I, I want them to get Odell so bad. Right. Because like I'm seeing stories about Eli Manning being okay that Odell wasn't at his, his camp and all that stuff. And I'm I wanted to be like, that's like the guy you know is retiring soon, be like, hey man, come on, like let's all let's all get together. It's just I don't think the Giants had the juice. You <sighs> do. You still think they can make the run. Well I no, I I I think the Giants can make the run, I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to make the run because of the quarterback. I mean, no. that's that's not going to be the reason. No, they're going to have to do it with good, well-rounded football, good quarterback play, defensive play, a little bit like we saw two years ago when they you know, beat Dallas two out of the three times, you know, two out of the Dallas's three losses, whatever yes. it may be. Um, yeah, I, you know, listen, I think he's going to be a really a whole lot better in this offense compared to what he was in, no yeah, matter Shermer, what. So I, we're going to see I want to applaud Shermer. Guy. One, Shermer's going to use him to the best of his ability. Right. Two, every comment that Shermer, Shermer has made has been very decisive, and it's been, I want him, I need him, yes. and it's you. they needed a strong like voice to come in that isn't going to do the back-and-forth nonsense. They, they I, I don't know, I can't remember if we talked about this last week, but they got to be careful with the way they treat him right here they have to you know for all those out there that think oh the giants have all this of all the leverage because he's under contract they really don't here no. in this situation they don't i mean he's the best player in their team well, if that's he doesn't why play I it's Kyle gonna hurt. was wrong yeah i agree you i mean don't I, show up that's no. the only power that nfl players it's have. okay if he shows up for this but maybe otas maybe training camp he doesn't show up whatever it may be he's putting his best foot forward yeah. And trying to be that type of guy, that's okay. Even if he gets injured out there in this type of workout, at least it's in their facility and they got to pay him. Yeah. So I look at that. Um, but what was my point? Shermer? Um, yeah, no, but oh, they just got to be careful. They yeah. need to kind of kiss his butt. You know, when, <laughs> when, when the rest of the 31 teams realize that Odell doesn't like the Giants anymore and he doesn't want to be there... That's really going to lower the trade value because mm. everyone's going to go. Well, why would right? That's what happened. He's with not going to play for you guys. What? Why would it? What, why would I give you two first rounders? He's not even going to play this year. I'll just wait till he's a free agent next year. Whatever it may be. Yeah. So they got to be careful with how they treat him here uh, over the next few weeks because he could act like Mister. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to some other topics because Odell, honestly, I could talk to you about Odell for years. Yes. So reach your hand in there. I need a computer charger. Let's see what topic comes up next. Can anybody go into my Woody's, my room? What? These are so small. I can't even grab them. Don't look at them. All right. What's our first topic? Pack of Patriots. Pack of Patriots, wouldn't you know? I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah, there's three Patriot stories that we need to get to today. Okay. You pick out the first one here. Okay. And the first Patriot story that Sims pulls Gosh. is... 
The hoodie chastised Gronk. What was that? Chastised? Chastised. Chastised, sorry. <laughs> he put a chastity belt on him. So, apparently... This no came, more this, sex. This came out with one of the Boston reporters. Right. At one point early last season, the hoodie chastised Gronk. In, do you know what that means? Berated, yelled at, Thank demeaned. You. Thank you. In front of the players. That's for, what you just did to me by explaining that fucking word. Demeaned? Do you know that? Do you know how to speak English? Oh, if I, I didn't say any of that or use that voice. <laughs> Apparently, in front of the players, he berated Gronk for being a TB12 client. Right. So that was a story that came out today. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious on a few things. One, mm. like we always hear about him berating Brady, and we celebrate Brady for being able to take it. Yeah. Do you think Gronk would have been able to take that in front of the team? Does he? Did he do that to Gronk when you were there too? Yeah, I can't remember a specific time when he, he'll do it to anybody. It doesn't really matter who you are. There's just there's no boundary there at all, like zero boundary. Now this is interesting too because. You know, like I saw the headline of the story, and I read just a little blurb underneath it. I didn't know all the details. That was the only extent of the detail. Yeah, I mean, of course, that like Bill doesn't like that. Okay, that Bill is getting. Yeah, we know that though. But but I also go, why does Bill really care about a guy that's like the best in shape guy on your football team? Because I think that he was picking the guy to get the message across about TB12 right. and Guerrero. stop messing with it. Yes. And don't do it anymore. And he knew and he didn't that like he could it. do it to Gronk, right. And not like the newest linebacker that just picked it up. To, he was like, I need to pick someone that can do it. Right. Well, I, I think that would probably be his method behind that. Yes, is to to be that guy or whatever else. Yeah, he's not happy that his team is losing control. He wants to know what his guys are doing workout wise. Yes, you know. But by no stretch of the imagination is this the first time that happens in the NFL. I mean, no. every team I was on. I mean, I, I mean, there was always a handful of guys in the locker room where we got done with practice and meetings on the afternoon, and I'd go, "Where are you going?" They're going, "I'm going to go work out with my trainer." Oh, and I mean, even during the season, so that goes on. And yes, teams don't like it, and usually it's kind of kept private. Yes, uh, but, but of course, he knows everything. Who here. is leaking all this stuff in New England? Right, I, now? I really don't know. There's a lot of leaks going on. There is a lot of stuff coming out. Well, they have a lot of new people in positions that because a lot of people have left over the last that, few that years. That is true. So you the know? people that were there, they could cert- that the are not that there anymore. In for the John Robinsons and all those guys, right? Or the John Rob, you know, all the guys that were there that have left. They've heard the stories from the people that and are there, and they're telling it, it right. Mm, they don't care. Right. Interesting. All right, let's go to another Packer Patriots. New coach, Brett Bielema? Yes. What? Brett Bielema is acting as a consultant and scout for the Patriots, even going as far as wearing Patriots gear at some pro days. Okay. It was mentioned, of course, that the Patriots have had some success drafting former players of Bielema, including James White, Dietrich Wise, Trey Flowers from Wisconsin and Arkansas. Bielema, Greg Schiano. Belichick finds the guys that he respects. And kind of brings them in. Right. But what are some other coaches and programs that Belichick really admires that you've noticed? Well, I mean, of course, Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer. I mean, there was always – that's why Hernandez was there. That's why Brandon Spikes were there. uh, Those type of players. Because I think he knew when I draft an Urban Meyer type player, it's a lot like Nick Saban. It's no nonsense. They're used to physical practices. They're used to being yelled at by their coaches when they mess up. Yeah. So that would be one right off the bat that I know uh, that that Bill has great respect for. Yeah, you said Shiano. You know, Bielema, it's interesting because – 
I don't know Brett Bielema. He seems like a true football guy. I wouldn't exactly think that their styles mesh together. But I think that probably their overall philosophy of football is a little bit similar, where Bielema is a, like you said, Wisconsin, Arkansas, big people, probably has a little eye for that position and that talent, and that's what Bill liked about it. Bielema's put a lot of offensive line candidates out there. Yes. Thanks, dude. Uh, but I just found it interesting that they kind of scooped up this coach that was let go. But this is and why then he's immediately in the scouting. But this is why Bill's amazing, because Bill is the smartest guy in the NFL, and then also goes, "I have more to learn." Where the rest of the football is just like, "Well, I learned. We that. have our scouts. I learned already. that in 1988. I'm good. I don't need to learn anymore." Bill Walsh taught me everything. And here's like Bill Belichick. He's changed his motto ten different times. Style of play. We're gonna throw the ball. We're a run team. Oh, I want tight ends. You know, I need the Jamie Collin type linebackers. I mean, he's always willing to evolve, and he's always willing to get better ideas. Whether it's hiring Rob Ryan on the staff. I mean, he's he's not. He wants to hear and learn football and more ideas. That has to be the most exciting and complimentary thing to be told as a coach that Belichick's like, I need to learn from you. Yeah, well, he's just going to take it from anybody. Like the year I've told you with Chip Kelly being there. Chip Kelly was out of football. He was at our practices like three or four times, and I kept going, what is Bill getting out of Bill- Chip Kelly? And then all of a sudden we started getting ready for training camp, and I was like, oh, I got it. I We got all these coded word plays to go fast to the line of scrimmage. Mm. That's what he's been talking about, Chip Kelly. Well, how do you organize this yeah, so quickly? He's taking one aspect he's of taking it. One, and he's letting Chip hang around. He's going to let Chip steal what he wants, and yeah. he's going to get knowledge that way. But yes, and then that year when I was working for the New England Patriots as the self-proclaimed bitch boy, we broke the record for most plays in a year by any NFL team. And probably and I had to break all those that meetings down. with Chip. All those meetings with Chip, because he figured out how Chip did it. Chip taught him, yeah. and he continued to grow off of that. It's amazing. It is. It's amazing. Well, it's funny, because the last one in this one with the Patriots was joint practices, which we always talk about with Belichick. Who are they doing against this year? Well, no. The story oh. came out that Matt Patricia wants to do joint practices. He's open up for business. Okay. And I only put this in here for one reason. Right. To remind the rest of the NFL that if you're an actual contender this year, do not do a joint practice with the Patriots. Right. Jaguars. Eagles, Steelers, Chargers, <laughs> any team that has a chance to make a run this year, do not do a joint practice because Bill is getting more out of it than you are. But I think that teams should do joint practices. Yes, thank you. for That's what you should say. Can you plug but that in But not there? with Bill. No, don't do anything with Bill. Just like we we finally, you know, we talked about it, of course, leading up to the AFC Championship game. Diana Russini, right? Let's give yes. her some credit because she said the one thing the Patriots said they looked at the most during the pre- preparation for that game yes. was the joint practices. I will say, though, that when I hear like Mariota or Deshaun Watson talking about what it was like to see Brady work during those days. That's why, they, that's why are, Detroit wants to do it. Yes. Because they want to go, they or they want to probably go New England because he wants to go, listen, this is what New England's done. This is where I came from. See how good they are. See what they do. Yes. Let's buy into what I, I want to do. I think it's good to do early on, right. but if you're a contender, don't oh, do it. Agreed, Lefko. With you all the way. But again, another example, right? What, what, Bill, cutting edge once again. 
out. He's the starter of joint practices. They do it this often. You know why he does joint practices? Why? Because he keeps his team fresh. Yep. For one, it's not through like the stale doldrum days of you know training camp where you practice against the same guy. You look across and Gronkowski goes, "Damn, it's Trey Flowers. I've seen him for thirty five days in a row now. Yeah. This is getting boring." Yes. So you keep him fresh mentally and you keep them fresh physically. And I know people are going to go, "What do you mean? It's a scrimmage practice?" No, because there's no scout team. That's where people lose out on this. You get quality reps. You don't take some of the quantity bullshit reps that come about during training camp. So now your defense, they don't have to do scout team for the offense. They can just wait. Oh, we're practicing as Jacksonville. Defense will go out when Jacksonville's offense goes right. out. And it's a real rep instead of like reading a card and going, well, we want you to do this and yeah. not really do it at 100%. So again, it's, it's genius. Yes. Just don't do it with yes. Belichick. Right. All right, reach back in there. Some oh, new topics. Doody, 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 doody. I'm going to see LeBron James tonight. Do you I'm know excited. that? I do know that. I'm excited. I'm a little jealous, so I didn't bring it up. Good. I'm wearing my L- LeBron shoes. Uh-oh. Big off season. Okay, so uh-oh, big off season is not the same thing as whoa, big off season. Oh. Whoa, big off season is whoa, this guy's doing some work. Whoa. Uh-oh, big off season is you did something wrong in the off season. Uh-oh. And right now it's uh, Thomas yeah, Davis. Thomas Davis. Damn, Thomas. Suspended four games. Uh, he came out, did a, a very cheerful apology. Uh, he talked about accidentally taking an estrogen blocker. I guess. Uh, and, I guess. You're right. That's what it was. I don't uh, know. You are the most anti-cheating person I've ever met in my entire life. Yeah. Uh, what is your sentiments towards Thomas Davis? Gosh. I, for four games. I mean, I... I it's happened to Antonio Gates. Like I know, and I know both of these guys. And, and I just like Hall of Fame caliber guys. I, right, and I would never envision them cheating, and... I mean, there's, it's a lifelong of good deeds and doing things the right way. But yes, does it make me wonder? Yes. This is why. This is the number one thing I want done. I want the NFL to start, t- when it comes to PEDs, I want to know what they tested positive for. If you're going to do it, you need to be embarrassed. You're going to scare people away from it once they can't use the, oh, I bought something over GNC, and yeah. oh, I took Adderall to concentrate. The typical thing that he, that Thomas Davis said and what a lot of people said is, I should have been more aware of what I was putting in my body. I know. I've been taking this for years, and apparently I got a false flag for an estrogen blocker. Is what he said. I know, year. you know, it, and, and it, Thomas Davis is one of those guys, former man of the year. Took he's my done spleen. It, yeah, I mean, he's that, he's a maybe baller. That's why you're gonna. Lose, <laughs> no, so. But no, you know, you said it though. I hate cheaters. I but, hate but it. Thomas Davis is like the pinnacle of I nice know. guys. I know, and it, I don't know what to think about it because that is too. I mean, as you know, and as you document with me all the time. I mean, I'm just a I'm just a quarterback, and I, I'm obsessed with what I eat. And you know I put I know everything I put in my body, and I just have a hard time believing some of these guys are. Oh, I made this mistake. I've been watching everything I have eaten. For, so you're not believing, Tom? I, I don't know what to believe anymore. Tell me the truth. I'm skeptical of everybody. I really am. I, I like. Where do you think the like realistically? See, I I get in this argument a lot with my friends lately. So let's have this conversation. Yeah, let's do it. Like, what, what? How much do you think of the NFL is taking performance enhancing drugs? I am always well, in the you low know end. A lot more than I. I know, but people, my, all my friends and and even my dad and other people I respect, they think I'm low. Like I always say, it's like five to ten people, five to, a handful of guys in every team. I'm going to say five to six guys in every. And we're team. talking like HGH. We're yeah, talking whatever it is to make you perform better. 
And I just get the pushback and a lot of people in time. the league think there's more? Oh, they go like it's 50-50. That's, what? That's the talk all the time, right? They think I, and they think I'm being naive. And I just go, you know, I like I've always told you, I just been around too many freak athletes where all I've seen them do is, you know, eat McDonald's, smoke weed, drink liquor and have chocolate shakes and they get faster and stronger. And we can get back into the parent issue or whatever and you're, it may and be. And you're saying it's more like natural like they're just gifted athletes. You're saying that you, you, they don't I, need performance Yes, I don't drugs. think it's I right. But it's the Guys, look, and, and I think look, it's the Johnny under overachievers I, of the world that didn't make it in the NFL, right. who they'd like to believe that I didn't take it. They are. That's why they're there. I will also say this though: I am saying that I am going to believe Thomas Davis, yeah. just because I don't. I think he's had a track record in which he deserves the right. credit to be believed. Right. But I'm going to say that it's the guys like the Gates and the Thomas Davises who are at the end of their careers. I know that make that you I question. Maybe need it there, but that's unfair of me to put on them. I know. I am going to believe Thomas Davis. Yeah, I am. Right. But I agree with you. It's time we just start saying what it's for. Right? Do it. They need to. Because if it's from Robitussin and it happened by accident or if it was like a cough syrup or whatever, then like they should put that out and kind of exonerate them too. I, but I, agree. I just don't think the NFL wants to look bad at going, look, it came from something dumb, but we still have to penalize because it was a it went off. I, I don't care. I, I mean, know. you know, okay, so smoking it out of the bong is dumb, but they have no problem suspending you for that. So, yeah, yeah I, 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 again, it's cheating. And a lot of the times it's illegal in our country. It's like, it's more than that. And it's about setting an example for young kids. It's about safety for yourself, the cheater. Because maybe you, the cheater, you're supposed to be 240 pounds, but now you've rocked up and injected steroids and you're 255, and all of a sudden your ACL tears out of no contact injury. Why? Maybe because you're bigger and stronger than you shouldn't be. And then it's not fair to me, who's Johnny Natural guy over here. I've just been eating Oreos my whole life. And all of a sudden, oh, I get to get blindsided by the guy who's 20 pounds stronger and like a tenth faster because he cheated and I ate Oreos, you know, that's fucked up. I have an issue with that. Yeah. And I have an issue with it all together. Like, I- I'm going to throw another guy under the bus in this conversation. Not to, like, totally kill the guy, but there's Trent Murphy, Washington Redskins last year, right? PED test. Well, who cares? Three years, $22 million contract with the Bills. Oh, that scared him off the PEDs. Oh, shit. He'll never do him again. You mean he got $22 million for cheating? I mean, that's that's the problem. It's yeah. a problem all over sports right now, right? Melky Cabrera, suspended 50 games in baseball, comes back. Fifteen million a year doesn't even. So what's the? So then, what do you say to the people that I hear on talk radio all the time that go? I say, let them all do steroids. I, let them all get that, crazy. I mean, it's oh, good for us. Yeah, that's just like that's just the, the most dumb thing I've ever heard. Like it's so ridiculous. Oh yeah, now they want them to act crazy. Five minutes ago they want them to be normal. Now they want them to be crazy and kill each other. It's cheating. It's illegal in our country. A lot of these substances they're illegal. Okay, and we don't even know the long term effect of them. So None of them. It's stupid. I mean, you, you know, we just don't know. I mean, until somebody, you know, all of a sudden, like, wakes up one morning and is like, man, I got three nuts. I'm in trouble. My yeah, leg's well, going to fall off. Yeah, right. Yeah. All right, yeah. All right, I, know you're, I know you're a non-cheater. That's why I knew that won't be good. Thank you. Yeah, it got it off my chest. I feel better. <sighs> all right. Thank next you. one. Okay. Why are we still doing this? I ask myself this every day when we start this show. <laughs> why are we still doing this? No... This is in there for this. Wisconsin cornerback Nick Nelson tore his meniscus in a private NFL team workout. NC State defensive end Contavious Street tore his ACL in a private workout with the Giants. Last year, Sidney Jones busted his Achilles Achilles in a private workout. These guys get nothing. They are going to fall in the draft. They're going to go lower than they should, all for a private workout, which is... 
you have the game film. You have the combine. You, these guys are going there with no insurance and doing these private workouts. And that's two guys this year. The Contavia Street kid, the defensive end, you liked a lot. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's going to be like a mid-round type of pick. That's going to be able to play. probably going to be a late-round No pick. doubt about it. And probably won't be able to play it all next year. So that, yeah, you're right. I mean, again, it's your, your career's off to a Why bad start. Why are we still doing this? That's a great question, Lefko. It really is. I don't is. know if, if I was a, an agent, if I would let my guy go to play. I know. I know. It's. Uh, I guess you'd have to be a little bit like dependent on the guy, right? But you're right. I mean, some of the top end guys, I'd be like, don't even mess with no. it. Who cares? Or you got, they, or the teams have to start doing something. They have to start putting themselves at risk. Okay, we get to work you out. If you hurt your knee and tear your meniscus, we have to pay you a million dollars. Yes, that has to be something like 100%. that. Hundred percent. Right. I mean, you're you're screwing them out of a million dollars, so you have to pay them up for because that. I'm sure the team each team gets thirty, right? Thirty private workouts, yeah, I think whatever so. it is. I think that's the number. So right. They're just trying to crank them out. You know right. what I mean? They're looking at him stuff. But right. yeah, there needs to be some loss for the team. Yeah. Because this is a kid that everyone believes that these kids are paid in, in education. Well, guess what? Now they have nothing. Yeah. They're sitting there rehabbing with no income coming in. Right. Like, to me, I just I, I saw these stories. I was like, why are we still doing this? Yeah, you're I right. I don't get it. That's a, it's a good job by you. You're right. It's it's uh Again, we're the players' podcast. We care about them. We do. It just—I feel like there's only one person getting screwed, and it's the players. Yeah. And then there's one left. Uh oh! Supersized Lefko sprinkle. Supersized sprinkle. I we know were, you love supersized sprinkles. We were. We were uh, talking about offensive minds at dinner the other night. Oh. And I began to realize that three of the best young offensive minds. Scratch that. The three best young offensive minds in the NFL share something in common. They coach Chris Sims. Kyle oh. Shanahan. Agreed. Top three. Wide receiver, uh, me. Uh, coach in the NFL, <laughs> yes. played wide receiver at Texas. Oh, yeah, you're right. Sean McVay, right. definitely one of the best offensive minds in the NFL, played wide receiver at Miami of Ohio. I, I didn't know that one. That was a new one for me. Josh McDaniels, right. offensive coordinator for the Patriots, played wide receiver at John Carroll. Man, some sorry-ass wide, wide receivers Absolutely. right there. <laughs> but it just made me realize that the three best young offensive minds in the NFL, yeah. not including like Gase and stuff, but I think these three are the top three, yeah. all played wide receiver. Them and then Sean Payton, but he's a head coach. He's but older. Yes, right. I'm talking about oh, these young. are the three gotcha. young guns. Gotcha. You're right. You're right. What could being a wide receiver give you to be a great offensive mind because uh, we were talking about this at dinner Kyle is so good at getting wide receivers open right I feel like all three of those guys are great at route combinations right and and fine and then also evaluating wide receiver talent yes. that's not super expensive right. that you could like Robert Woods yeah what an idiot apparently they were not wrong McVay was <laughs> able to see that yeah. you know yes um, but what do you think that position allows them as an offensive coordinator okay so the first thing I would go to is they like getting that position off right like they like they have an invested interest in going like I like when my receivers put up numbers and do that like so they right. wanted to work for them because they see themselves in a similar like sure. how would I want the ball right? right that's how they see it right just uh, you know just like a quarterback does sometimes as an offensive game planner. I think that's for one. I think two, they can evaluate the receivers and also go, okay, this receiver's good at these three routes. This receiver's good at those three routes. I'm going to always have them running those routes to right. put them in position to succeed. And then 
also, they can think about, man, what are some other ways that I would have liked to get open in bunches or whatever it may be, and what routes were my favorite routes to run versus yes. these coverages? Well, it's just right. funny to me. It's like so. a lot of offensive minds are yeah. quarterbacks, yeah. and they think from the quarterback position, what are the throws you want to make? Right. What, are, what are the protections you want to see? What route combinations do you like? But these guys are almost doing it backwards. Yeah. They're going, which are the routes that get us the most open? Because then that's the easiest throw for the quarterback. I think that's how they're looking at it. Yeah, I Kyle, think there is. Kyle's looking at it and going, "How can I get these four guys in the best position to be open?" Right. Because that's a lot easier than what does my quarterback like to throw, and then how can I free up the post? Yeah. You know. Yes. I just think they're reverse engineering the offense. I think you're right. I mean, I, I never really thought of the angle in general, but. Um, I think it's all those things combined. Their ability to be creative because they want to get receivers open, their ability to evaluate them, their ability to know what routes they used to like to run against certain coverages. I also um, think that also, each of, Oh, keep going. I was just also going to say, like, it's just... It's a great. I mean, I've never been around a receiver that doesn't love Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan. That's what I'm saying. I mean, they love him. Like they're always, oh, that's my, oh, Kyle's my guy. Yeah, Kyle, because Hawkins was the same thing. Remember? Right? Because they get him the ball and receivers. Of course, it's a smart play politically, even though these guys aren't doing it politically. But they're the biggest pains in the asses on the football team. Right. Plain and simple. I mean, I know we only hear about Odell Beckham Jr. and Antonio Brown. And Des Bryant. But I can promise you, yeah, Des Bryant's a pain in the ass, and so is AJ Green, and the, yeah. all, go down the list. They are. That's just the way they are. Um, and for that to always feel like, oh, we're getting the ball. Coach is trying to get it to us. It just keeps everything in a positive like, framework, I think. Just something I thought about. I think yeah, it's interesting. It is interesting. Uh, speaking of interesting, this next guy is very interesting. Whoa. And we've been saying for a long time that we want one of the Bennett brothers. We're the Players Podcast. We think they're is one of the here? few guys. He's going to be coming on. Okay. Yeah. I know so, he's coming on. So uh, we're going to go now to our awesome interview with the main man, Martellus Bennett. All right, so of course we've already started. Yes, uh, this is Martellus Bennett. Uh, for the longest time, man, we have we have loved the openness in which you speak, the honesty, the intelligence. We bill ourselves as the players' podcast because when it comes to fighting for money, we will always take the side of the players. We were just talking about guys doing these private workouts and getting hurt, and how is the team not on the hook for any of that? I just wanted to say um, I'm excited to have you because you've been a breath of fresh air now for like a decade. So thank you. Oh, thank. Thank you. I'm been, I have. Been, I did play for a decade. You did. You're yeah. the man. I mean, do you know? Do you remember seeing me pregame in Tampa when you were the Dallas Cowboys? No, I remember. You remember that? Yeah. You're talking, yeah. I was like, man, look at this guy. He coming over. We talked. We had a great talk. Yeah. And you were getting. Well, we were laughing because. Uh, what's his name? Jason Garrett's brother. Was oh, get- yeah, John. Yeah. Was always <laughs> John on Garrett was yeah. always on his ass. And he was over here having a conversation. It's like two hours before the game. And John is behind him, like, watching, waiting for the conversation to end me. And he's like, well, you're literally like, I mean, he's always on me. I can't get rid of <laughs> get him. this guy away <laughs> yeah. from me. I mean, look, I think looking back at that, at John as a coach, I think he wanted the best for me. Definitely. Right? Right. But, Sometimes when you have the student, you have to teach in different ways, right? right? So there's different ways that everybody learns. Like, I'm not going to learn the same way that Jason Witten's learned. Right, right, right. The method that you thought was going to work on me may not work. So as a teacher, your job is to readjust. It's not the student's job to readjust. Yeah, agreed, right? We literally talked about this last week, about teaching quarterbacks. Why is it always yelling at the board? Oh, it's teaching anything. Teaching a kid in class, teaching... 
my daughter to do different things. Like it's sometimes you have to figure out how they learn best, and your job is to get the message to them yes. in that form. So with that in mind, yeah, I've realized that I've listened to a bunch of your interviews, and I don't want to ask questions to you. I want you to have control. So that's why we're going to mix it up a little bit. And I have <laughs> some topics that you get to choose from. You get to turn or choose how this interview goes. We have five categories. Table Turner, Sims Special, Over Under, Tale of Two Offenses, or Martellus PR. You're screwed either way. Yeah, you're pretty much screwed. It's Let's a go trap. with the Sims Special. Oh! Sims Special. What do you know? Are these questions? Okay, yeah, this one's a little bit. This is, I, have, I don't know what the question's going to be. Yeah, so reach in there. Arr. Sims Special. Sim X, one of his patent football questions. <laughs> Who really impresses you right now? Who did you have a hard time battling? Oh, so every time so he's giving examples because yeah. this is what I do to every players. time a player comes in, Sims just goes, "I gotta ask you this question." So, what is the Sims special question you're gonna? Ask? I'm gonna change it up. So, up yours, okay? All right, what do you got? I'm gonna go. This is the Sims special. Okay, you ready for this crap? I got a lot of special I want to ask you actually. Okay, let's go. But the first one I want to ask you is. New England Patriots offense versus the Green Bay Packers offense. I mean, it was literally. Well, it was my special first, so take that damn thing away. But because I am, I'm just going to set the table. I, like I, the Packers offense. I mean, I've I've been here for years, just going. It's Aaron Rodgers. That's yeah. crap. They don't do anything. It's very simple. You're agreeing. I can already tell. And the New England Patriots offense is like advanced algebra compared yeah. to that. So I, I just wanted you to kind of wax poetically about that. I think that for for me, I I don't think there's a offense coordinator that's better than Josh McDaniel. Right. Right. The right. preparation, the way that he calls plays, the way that he put his game plans to attack. Yeah. Defenses, I've never seen anything like it in right. my career. Gotcha. And I've played for five teams, six teams, and how many different coaches. Yeah. I've yeah. never seen one game plan the way that he does and the way that he puts players in position to succeed. I think as a coach, your job is to take your talent and put them in places in position to succeed at whatever it is that you want them to achieve. Right. Um, so and, I know that's, that's hard, it's hard to live up to that because you're right. He is special like that. So then just talk about – what jumped out to you about lack of Green Bay offense? So in in, the, in Green Bay, I struggled. Like I struggled in the offense in Green Bay. Right. And I think um, a lot. Like it's not tight end friendly. Yeah. The Patriots offense is tight end friendly. There's a lot of seam balls. There's a lot of deep over routes. Right. There's a lot. They're gonna of, move you around. They're gonna move you around. Like right. in positions that you want to be in a slot. Like there's like the way they use the under right. routes. Right. You know, a lot of quick passes. Because I'm a guy like the thing I loved about Josh is that they knew to get me the ball. Early and Tom liked to give me the balls at one yard, two yards, so mm. that I could just go do what I do. Right. You know what I'm saying? So right. like those things where you can make those easy plays to get guys going, right? And then those other ones deeper. Then we go down there. I think with Aaron, I've never seen anyone. It's almost playing for like the Spurs and then playing for the Golden State Warriors. Yeah. So like the way Aaron is, Aaron really just does his thing. He just makes it happen. I've never seen anyone who could do what he does. <laughs> right. Right. It's right. like. It's like watching John Wall or somebody, you know. Aaron Rodgers <laughs> is the greatest quarterback we've ever seen. Yeah, man. well, it's unbelievable. The, the things that he could do with a football, right? Oh, you know, different arm angles. Yeah, like when the touch, first day he strength. threw the ball to you, where you're like, "Holy shit, this thing is unreal." <laughs> well, one day I ran a flat route, and he threw me a no look pass, and it hit me in the chest. <laughs> because he was looking this way, and he threw the ball. I was like, "Wait, I didn't know what to do," you know. Yeah. So, um, I think as a tight end, the Patriots. Offense is more tight end friendly, right? Mm. Right. So, yeah. 
um, the way they move you around, the routes and the schemes, and throwing in the middle of the field. Right. Tom loves to throw in the middle of the field. Little he pop does. passes, no all doubt. Yeah, stuff. so a lot, yeah. of, a lot of play action. Right. You know, you like to, you get the running game going, so you get the play action. And right over the top. Over the so top. It's, it's easier football. Because right? we get so frustrated with Rodgers because we look and we're like, wow, they play like 11 personnel like 91% of the time, and we're just we just don't see any creativity. We don't see any ways of getting you guys open. It's more of like, Aaron, nothing worked for the first five, create some shit and make it happen. Yeah, I had to learn how to scramble. Like, I never had to learn how to scramble with the way that Aaron does it. Like, you <laughs> yeah. know what I'm saying? I'll be in the yeah. middle of the field and I'll stop because everybody else is going deep. <laughs> and he's like, don't stop. Just turn and run, you know, because he's looking on the outside right. edges. So a lot of the big plays happen when Aaron is making them happen. Right. happen. And, um, but as a tight end, you want to be in the Patriots offense. Of right? course. Right? It's just like if you, you – there's a couple offenses you want to be in as a tight end. You want to be in a North Turner offense. Yeah. You know, which is Antonio basically – Antonio Gates, what he did in San Diego all those which years. Which is the same thing Jason Witten is doing because exactly, Jason Garrett's right. defense is – Offense is right, just off, like it. Off North Turner's. Right. You want to be in the Patriots offense. Yeah. And you want to be in the Andy Reid offense. Yeah. You're right, because he's had L.J. Smith, right. Chad Lewis, Travis Kelsey. You're right. right. It's all That's one of the main options of his yeah, offense. Yeah, Brent Selleck. All, yeah, right. Yeah. For years. So you want to be in one of those offenses. And there's what it means, like the way football is that people don't really know is, notice is that there's trees. Mm. So like all these coaches are just branches of these other oh, coaches, yeah. and they still do the same things, but they just put their little tweaks on it. Andy right. Reid's coaching tree right now is one quarter of the NFL. <laughs> it's crazy. Him and seven other coaches. There's eight guys underneath him. Yeah, it's nuts. I, I just feel like I can keep asking Sim specials all day with yeah, this guy. Well, unfortunately, Man. it's back to the list. <laughs> yeah. right, no, but one of them was Tale of Two Offenses. Yeah. And it was I know. Bad. I had to ask, though. I couldn't all right, help so it. pick another one. Sorry. Martellus PR I'll over under. Longer. This one has my name on it. So. Yes. It is Martellus PR. What's up with your bro? You doing good? Yeah, he's oh, doing I got all right. His he's doing all right. <laughs> he's doing all right. He's an Eagle fan over there. Yeah, yeah he's doing all right, man. It's some bullshit, but can I say bullshit? Yeah, yes, you, you can, can say you can say whatever you want on this fucking podcast. Yeah, fuck that shit. Dude, yeah, fuck that shit. That sounded crazy. I don't. Um, I don't know what happened there yet. <laughs> all right, so that's me. All right, so I I'm Lefko. Oh, so I'm about I, to say, who's Lefko? I was like Adam. <laughs> so I've become the PR manager of Odell. Three okay. weeks ago, I said this is what Odell needs to do. Everyone's talking about him not caring. Once a week, put a video of him working out, and because the way social media works, people will be like, "Man, he's grinding." For the last two weeks, he's put one out each Wednesday. So I am now his PR manager. <laughs> the bill is in the mail. I am wondering that an NFL player needs your assistance, since you understand the media too. What should Le'Veon do say to win over the public while having this contract dispute with the Steelers? What would your advice be to a star as they need to keep up that public, they want them on their side? Um, I really don't know why you want the public on your side. The, really? The, I think as a player, to understand that the fans are for the team always so mm. your job is to come in as an entrepreneur to get the best deal you could possibly get don't worry about the fans worry about the deal because that's what you're really worried about sure. gonna, if you go out there and perform on sunday they're gonna love you if you lay on bell you have to worry about anything mm. because on sunday you catching the ball 10 times and you running for 120 gotcha you know what i'm saying so like your performance is what they should care about the most now when it comes to business most yeah. of the fans don't really understand the business thing no, it's like no. oh you should just take this or just be happy we've with- signed you up for this and you signed it this is what you deserve to get but every single year 
teams cut players yeah. while the deals are still on the table. Of course. Like they never stick through players. If you got a four year deal is really a if it's once the two years of guaranteed is gone. Oh yeah. We only talk about guaranteed money because all that other stuff is nonsense. No one there's nothing. All the backloaded deals that look all pretty. Yeah, it's getting, propaganda. Yeah. So it just they just put those numbers out there. And and they're cutting guys every year. But as a running back, yo, you have to you have to cash in. Have to. Right? So like you, he put in the work. He deserves to get paid. Yes, right. he deserve like you wearing him out every single year and taking another year off his of his of his career, career right. where he could be cashing in. So like now he has to come out there and take all the risk, all of it, all of the risk for the to carry your team on his back. And he's not like one of those running backs who just pounds the ball. He really is like him and Antonio Brown. Really do the, do their thing, but everything. Him, but him more so than Antonio. Thank yeah. you. I said this last yeah, week that did. Le'Veon's more valuable to the team than Antonio because he'll still catch you eighty balls yes. and run it for a fifteen hundred yards. And you have to. Uh, the pass game does not work without the running game. No, right. So when you, you just talked about that with the Patriots. So when you got a really good running game, like you have a really good running game, they bring an extra guy down in the box. Mm-hmm. You know that guy comes down. Now the yeah. play action is working. And the play action is a beautiful thing. If you could run, a, if you get your team to run a play action or right, because you pound it, pound, that's what we used to do in New England. We'd just be bow, bow, bow. Then we run the same play, play action off of it. Then yeah. it's a forty-yard game. But most teams aren't patient enough to keep running it. No, to get three yards, four yards. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, understand that a yard is a good play. Yeah. Yes. The attempt itself was a good play. Just a running attempt to yes. keep the defense honest. To go, shit, I have to worry about that. Yes. Oh, yes. Martellus Bonnet's behind me. Shit, I'm screwed. Do you want to do another sim special? And, not, and nothing oh. is better. Than then running past the linebacker, and they say, "Oh shit!" And try <laughs> you to hear grab him saying it. You, right. Yeah, you can hear him. Hey, help, 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 help. As soon as you hear, oh when, shit. Yeah, okay. when you see a, a linebacker turn around and stick his hands up like this, right. you know you got him. Right. Like, you just like, oh fuck, I got this guy. Like, you know, so it's like super exciting. So. Um, it's like a quarterback when I used to hear the tackle yell, oh, shit. That's when I oh, was yeah, like, oh, yeah. shit, I'm about to get hit. Oh, shit. Tell- or watch out. Yeah. Watch out, Chris. Um, <laughs> but I think as a player, like, I think your job is to perform, right? Your yeah. job is to focus on being better and performing. Sure. So Odell performs. Yes. Right? Like he, none other. So he's, he's, he's putting up numbers. The guy wants to win. Like, I think a lot of times, like, if, if, I think that race comes to play in it too, too. For sure, of course so, it does. We talk about yeah, this don't all be the time. Yeah. So, um, no, I'm just saying. So, like as a as a young black male playing the game, he's hot headed, right? Mm, right, exactly. Like I saw uh, not too long ago. Like, there's no difference between what Odell does and what Tom does. Yeah, I get. What you. about when Antonio Brown knocked the, the the Gatorade cooler? He throws the Gatorade cooler, does Facebook Live, but yeah, it's yeah. like it's okay for right. him. But Odell gets because, held to a different standard. But keep going with Tom going. Brady right. or Des Bryant, right? Yes, Des Bryant wants to win. Yes, these guys. So a lot of times people are like, oh, he's a high head. So people build these stigmas around these guys. Like I couldn't. I, I remember going on team and To was on the team. I heard all this stuff about To. He was the best teammate I had, probably one of the best teammates I had my entire career. Right. Wow. I've never right. met a better guy like to play with who could pull you to the side, hey man. I used to be like, Tio, how you cut like that? And he'd be like, One thing you need to learn about football is that don't try to cut like another man. There's things you could take from their games, but your feet are different from his feet. So Ooh. figure out what works for you. Right. And my whole career, I'll be like, damn, that made so That's much sense. Every time a rookie would come back to me, I'll be like, don't you ever cut like a, another man. Figure out what <laughs> did you take it? Did you say it was T.O. or did you just take it? No, there was a couple things. So Romo, Romo, Romo told me one time, Romo told me one time, he said, 
Because when you don't play a lot, when you get in the game, yeah. like I struggled in my earlier in my career because I tried to do too much, right? The ball would be coming. I'm like, all right, he's right here. I'm going to turn this way. I'm going to break this tackle, and I'm going to break 150 right. yards, and you'll drop the ball. And they drop it, right, right. So that's happened to me a lot because I only get one pass mm. in the game, and I felt like I had to make something special yeah, happen. Yeah, something terrific happen. Right. So Romo used to tell me, he used to be like, be urgent, but don't rush. What the uh, fuck does that mean? Damn. Yeah. That's some John Gruden I've heard stuff. that's like some John Gruden shit right there. I've heard yeah, him say that like, too. Be urgent. But like, the fuck right. you talking about? Be urgent. But yeah, but be you're... quick, but don't rush or something like that. Yeah. Year five, I find myself. <laughs> you learned that one, huh? Year five. Year five <laughs> or six. I'm like, be urgent, but don't rush. Listen, Gavin Escobar, <laughs> be urgent, but don't rush. That's awesome. Well, it's like he wants you to get off the line of scrimmage and have some urgency to it, but he doesn't want you to cut your route short. And you're supposed to go 10 yards out and go seven yards out. And awesome. that's your rushing. Yeah. And now you've rushed the play and his timing and the mechanics of the play. But then I learned with Tom. Right. Tom would be like, so I'll be running routes. So like, there's a feel for the game, yeah. right? You know, like, all oh, right, I stumbled off the line. I need to run this. The timing is still the same. Right. I'm going to be in the same spot. It. Right, right. So, like, I've got, like, with Jay, with, I learned it with Eli um, early in my career because there were some routes, like, we run the, the basic route. Right. And, Ten yard in cut. And if right. it's, you know, Tampa 2 or whatever, right. you run and try to. The, you settle down in the hole. Well, the Sam Backer used to try to widen it out so it takes you longer to get in there. Right. right? And then you getting closer to the defender anyway. Right. So, we used to, what Eli told me, he's like, just knife in between them and just sit down with them. The uh, mic was, and uh, I'm gonna hit you right there. Right. So I wouldn't run the whole basic. I'll just run to where run I'm to supposed the spot, to be, replace and, them almost. Yes, replace the mic back. Right. Right. And then like, so we learned like we say when you run tap a two, you know, like you got some routes where you can sit down. Well, I didn't really like um, Gilbride's offense. Yeah. It was just too much shit going on. Right. You had to read the coverages, and everything changed according to what the coverage was. Right. Well, it's not that. It was just like if it's cover four, and you could outrun the safety, go deep. But if it's not, you can't outrun and run the basic. So it's like you making that decision on the fly. And that's I felt like I felt like that's why Eli threw a lot of interceptions right. because mm. he may be thinking you may feel like you could run past him, but he may not feel like you can gotcha. run past him. So and cover four, they could you could see the quarterback because they flat footed, they're just backing right, up. Right, right, so right. They could break on the ball while you doing what you think. That's why Victor Cruz have a lot of home runs. Gotcha. Because it'd be a stutter and go, and they'd fall for that shit. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but what was Brady like? What was you said you were gonna go on on Brady? Oh yeah, so like so when I'm with Tom, I'm like Tom. Sometimes I feel like if because the way I run routes is almost like basketball. Like once I got him, I got him. I don't want to bring the ball back to him. And Tom was like, if you feel like you should break out, I'm ready for you. So it's like that. Sometimes we'll go. It's supposed to be like a ten yard route at right. seven. I have the because the linebacker, you know, if you get him right here and you got your elbow right in his like right in his side, you can right. push off right there. Right. Two more steps and he's behind he's, you. And then he might undercut you. Yeah. Or so right, like, right. all right, I need to break right now right. because I can't. Like, there's only so many routes. I can to... I can maximize my distance away yes. from him right now so, if you let me cut. Yes. And then Brady so some, would do it, and he'd yeah, hit you. Yeah, he'd hit you because he'd get in that shotgun and he doesn't take a drop, so he just gets <laughs> the ball and he's ready he just, to go. And he could feel your body. Right. So the worst thing he said, if you go and break. break Break. Right. You know, don't be in the in between or stuttering. Right. So he could see you give the lean and he knew Bam. you were about to yes. come back out. He knows right, right. now because he, he don't want to hold on to the ball. No. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> no. Right. Tom is still surviving because he's not holding on yeah, to the ball. Yeah, he wants to get it out. If you open, he wants to get it out get now it right and right let away. you do your thing. Like a lot of quarterbacks like to hit that deep ball. But the Tom, perfect throw. Yeah, yeah he's like, I'm going to let you do your thing. Like, boom. Oh, good. Hey, great, great job running with the ball. We got 50. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. All right. We got two more here. Table okay. turner and over under. I, I mean, we can talk, I can talk to him. All, no I can talk shit. to you we all day. Like I have so many questions. I'm good. Ask. I'm good. I ain't got nothing after this. I know. I'm going to see LeBron. He playing in the city? Yeah. You're not going. Garden. I didn't know. That wasn't invited. There. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Table turner. Okay. 
Martellus is allowed to ask Sims and Lefko any question he wants, and they have to answer. We wow. have to answer. You can ask any Won't question. Won't be a problem for me. I'm an honest guy. Now, this guy over here, you got to watch out for. He will BS your pants off. Are you married? No. I'm not. Okay. I'm married, and you can still ask me whatever you want. I'm just asking. The, I'm just wondering. He's yeah. trying to get a baseline. Yeah, just you got a baseline. Yep, yep. I got a girlfriend. Uh, it's questions. pretty serious. Questions, questions. All right, I got you. You got kids? Yeah. How you many, can say whatever. How many you got? I got two. I got an 11 year old and a seven year old. What's nervous. your top three animated films? Oh. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. Oh, Despicable Me is number one. Okay. For sure. Despicable Me is one. The Incredibles. Are you excited about the new one? I am, up? man. Okay. Huh? Yes, I am. Very much excited. There's Do you know The Incredibles? Like, Do you yeah, know the of Incredibles? course. Okay. There's nothing like another great white superhero. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, why doesn't Freeze get his own show or yeah, something? Frozone, yeah, Frozone. Frozone, right? Samuel L. Jackson, my favorite actor. So, <laughs> and then I got—I probably go with Shrek number three. Shrek is. I had to put Shrek or Ice Age. It's one of those two. I'm going to go with Shrek just because it's more you my wheelhouse. Bring up Shrek all the time. I know, but it's because my my friends in college used to make fun of me because I'd like stay home at night on a Friday night and I'd smoke weed and watch Shrek instead yes. of like wanting to go out. That's one of the best things about retirement now. You don't have is to worry that about that drug test, huh? Just having that exact night, Shrek and <laughs> What are you doing tonight? Shrek and <laughs> Shrek and a blood? I'm good. Shrek and some other green stuff. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, you, I, I want to ask you. Oh, you want to ask me another question? Yeah, are you on Tinder? No, that was a former life. I'm telling you, I got a girl now. It's like serious. <laughs> are you dating? You dating oh, now? How long, have, how long have y'all been dating? About a year. Oh, yeah. okay. That's good times in oh, today. Oh, serious. And that's like dog years in today's times. That's like four years. Plus, you... Sims doesn't matter, and he vouches for her, which is rare. Yeah, she's cool. She's cool people. She oh, really cool. is. Yeah. What's her name? Enum. Enum? You yeah. think Enum? Her full name is Enemiset. I'm not going to give her like, her last name. Like Maleficent? <laughs> no, then I would be an issue. <laughs> then I'd be like waking up with like a curse on me. What's the, okay, so for you, what's the perfect date? Ooh. Oh, gosh. <laughs> my thing is this is i'm gonna say the same thing that you said the best thing about retirement is if i could convince that to be a date i'm doing that what the retirement no he's no, saying like, shrek oh shrek, yeah. shrek and a blunt no, that's the perfect <laughs> no okay so what's a person what's a good night with her like okay so say like you want to do something i don't believe a little romantic all right. I believe every day is real. I've, I tell my wife, she's, I mean, I'm lucky to have her, but you're lucky to have me, too. Oh, Let's you not guys are in the same, you guys are the same thing. Sims believes. <laughs> one-sided Sims doesn't no, believe no, in Valentine's you're Day. So, you're so lucky for you to be your daughter's father. My daughter's lucky for me to be her father. You know what I'm saying? I hear you. I said that to my kids last night. It's like, you think there was any other dads running around playing ball tag in the house last night? No. I win. I tell my daughter the same thing. I, sometimes she'd be crying. I'd be like, look, let's get this right right now. You could cry, but the world doesn't care. <laughs> daddy cares. I think you're with, yeah, we're in the same school but of right, parenting. But right now, yeah. daddy does not care. Daddy does not care. So you need to go figure out what you need to do to stop yourself from crying and then come holler at your daddy. Dude, I heard you talking on Simmons' podcast, and I was like, this is the tight end version of Sims. Sims does not believe he never has to do anything for Valentine's Day because he's been a Valentine all year long. But Valentine's Day is just a ridiculous commercial. Up- I agree. Right. I mean, it's bullshit. It's easy to say. There's a couple holidays that shouldn't happen Valentine's Day. Okay. St. <laughs> Patrick's Day. Oh, uh, yeah. Columbus Day. I mean, he, well, yeah, that's, that's he's a rapist. Yes, <laughs> found it. Nah, I think it's first, found. Well, first he went, 
First, he ended up in the Bahamas by mistake. Yeah. Raped everybody there, took all their gold, and like, all right, they have no more valuable treasures here. Let's go find, let's go stumble upon <laughs> something else. Yeah. Came here and did the same thing. And he got a holiday for discovering something that already existed. I know. That's like me saying, oh, I discovered your neighborhood. Right. I drove past it. That's right. mine now. No, bitch, I've been there. <laughs> I live there. And then the worst thing, he's like, man, you guys are so great to us. I love all you Indian people. You guys are great. So let's celebrate together. You guys have your tradition with Thanksgiving. I want to give thanks to you guys. It's cold. Winter is coming. So how about y'all go to our boat? We have blankets for all of you. (laughs) Not knowing that all of them had smallpox. (laughs) (laughs) Is that how it officially went down? I always assumed it was like muskets or something like that. He just pulled them down. I don't know about that part of the story. I haven't heard that part. I'm I'm doing the challenge thing on that one. I got to read that. Over under was the last one. I'm going to ask you these. And then I want to talk about, because we're going to do some more stuff with you later, but I definitely want to talk about the book and the app and all that because yeah, we you're making talk, moves. Yeah, we could talk about me making moves. Money what moves. percentage of NFL players truly speak their mind over under 5%? Under 5%. Man. Most of the guys just be lying to y'all to try yeah. to impress the fans on their side. And most of the people that you see on TV is not who they really are. A lot of these guys you think are great people, they're terrible people. Yeah, And, and, the, the, guy, and the people that you think are terrible ter- people are great. Just, like you were I, saying with Terrell Owens. Yeah, like, they're just great people. Yeah. So yeah. It's, 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 yes. It's, I mean, Lefko knows. He's no, I've told him enough stories. Yeah. But some of the squeakiest, clean NFL guys, oh, I'm Mr. Franchise guy, they're the yeah. slimiest dudes in the whole league. Yeah, they, yeah, they are. They're terrible. Yeah. People. All right, over under. What percentage of the NFL smokes weed? Over under 70%. Over. Over? I made it a little high. I want to say about 89%. Yeah, I think I would go 80%. 80%. Yeah. So it's actually more shocking when you meet someone on the team that doesn't. You don't smoke, bro? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it's, I mean, there's medical, medical marijuana. Yes. So it's like, there's times of the year where your body just hurts so bad that you don't want to just be popping pills all the time. That shit, dude. Like Especially you get, with all the stories now. Yeah, it ruins your liver. Like yeah. there's a lot of these anti-inflammatories that you take for so long mm. that like it starts to eat at your liver, yes. your kidneys, and things like that. I mean, and a human made that God made we. Yeah, right. well, yeah, exactly right. I mean, it's but from. I, the, but, I think I think it's crazy that some guys still have to do drug deals across the world, and then in California you could just go to. You could go to In and Out and then walk right into the store. Yeah, and get it. I know, I know. Like one state, it's like you might go to jail for doing this. The other one, it's like, hey, go have fun. Yeah, uh, it, it's out of control. But eighty percent. I mean, I think that's he's right with eighty percent. Not not saying like eighty nine. Eighty nine percent. I would I would say this though. Not all these guys are like it's smoke every night of the week. Right. Yeah, like yeah. you got an Is offensive it, lineman who's like he might only smoke on a Friday night or once a month. Yeah, or whatever yeah. It may it's be. not like guys are when people think about people smoking weed, they just yeah. think they just smoke weed all day. And they don't think do of the couch commercial with a woman like melted into the couch that's how people visualize but, yeah. I hate that commercial because they do that with marijuana but then they show people drinking alcohol and beer having a great time yes they got the coolest commercial with a guy just driving on a train through an ice mountain the ice cubes there I'm like god dang that's a bit <laughs> and beer is even worse for you without yes. a doubt I mean the five dumbest things I've ever done in my life were under the influence of alcohol period not even close I mean the five dumbest things I did in my life when we I was in we was in Denver and um, I was talking to one of the police officers and I was just like, hey, 
how much crime do you guys have because of marijuana? Yeah. He's like, yeah, we never have to really pull over anybody. For- the statistics are there's there's no evidence of it to this point. So Plus, we're, we're going, seamless. We're going I just, to I do it, and then I order <laughs> deliver it to my house. I don't have to leave anywhere. <laughs> All right, last one. We're going down wormholes here. How many here. starting quarterbacks are better than Colin Kaepernick? Over under fifteen. Starting quarterbacks. Starting quarterbacks. How many in the league are better than Kaepernick? More or less than fifteen. Here's the teams. I mean, the I, don't, I don't really know. There's the NFC. I can't think of the quarterbacks off top. I mean, in the NFL, there's really maybe eight to nine elite quarterbacks. Yes, like, I would say it's in there. I, I know. I'm, I'm listening. It's 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 tough. I I said during the year 16? that I, I would have put him. I, I had him a little higher than that. I just said to be like if we were just going to be like okay, this is the worst he could possibly be. Right. I think we put him at like 25. That's the worst. The worst. Like, yeah, this yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, cause after you get to that certain. After you get like they're, a certain yeah. guy, then it's just like they're similar. They all have strengths. They all have weaknesses. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, he he's won games, right? Big like, games. He's won huge. I mean, your brother games. was chasing him around the field everywhere in some of those championship I mean, the guy, games. The guy could play, no and, doubt. And even his last year coming back after injury, he wasn't even as bad as people no, try to make no, him. No, he be. was not. I need you to go back there. They did the all or nothing that year. Was I think was with the Rams and Kaepernick was one of the last games, and he came back by himself and had two touchdown drives to upset the Rams in that game. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching this guy running away from people and I go, people say he can't play. Yeah. And I just don't think people watch. And the story's taken on so much now that they don't even care anymore. Right. Well, I mean. You have the owner of the the Texans that goes. Oh, that one, Bob McNair. So he says, "I shouldn't apologize. That's the worst thing I did about the whole situation. Yes. Not calling them inmates running the asylum, or so you see, like a lot of the stuff they say as ownership is not really true. Right. They're just trying to save face as well. You're right. He did just admit that he openly lied. Right. He didn't want to say sorry. He didn't want to say sorry, but then he got you know. Then also though, like people like Owen Daniels who played tight end for him, they. They second Dwayne Brown's account of him saying this. So About Obama, yes. So, so they try to discredit you. Yes, right. They try right. to discredit. You try to discredit Dwayne because Dwayne doesn't play there. So another player on the team may not say anything. Right. right. You know. Right. And there's not a lot of outspoken guys. There's a lot of guys who are in the closet. Man, we should do this. We should do that. Right. And then when a team meeting come, you stand up and say something. You be looking around. You be like, God damn, <laughs> what happened to the whole crew? Damn. I thought it was gonna be fifteen of us. No, just me. Right. And now I'm the bad guy. Now you're the crazy guy yeah. in the team. Right. But then afterwards, like, yo, man, you really kicked ass doing that, man. No, like, like, bro, you spoke for us all, man. <laughs> Everything you said, I felt in my heart, damn. bro. Like, I'm so glad that you said it, and we needed you to say that, boy. There's some things that won't change around here, boy. <laughs> like, man, y'all tripping, man. Uh, so you. You right now, is it Imagination Agency? Yeah, Martellus Bennett's Imagination Agency. Man. So you have an app, you have a book. What do you want to talk about the most? Right now, I mean, I just well, What's exciting you? I mean, everything. I mean, I'm just excited about life. I'm super excited. Like, I've always wanted to make things. And anyone, any one of my teammates that knows me know, in a sauna, in a hot tub, anytime, in special teams periods, I'm always thinking of things yeah. to make. Like, I just like to tell stories. And... And that's who I, that's who I, that's just who I am. Sure. Like I was never an athlete, right? I learned to play sports. I've always been a creative. I didn't learn to create. I just uh, didn't do it. Right. So I started my company, the Imagination Agency, and I like, I started in 2014 though when I was playing with the Bears. So I released my first book and I did my first app, and now I just released my second app and my second book, mm. and it's an interactive children's book. With I mean, actually, what I did was I put a party in your phone for your kids. And now they could party with the app that I made. It's a book. Uh, it's narrated by me. 
Right. It's narrated by um, the girl that does the AJ voice. And then I'm about to start adding guest voices reading. Oh, that's cool. So, like, I'm going to try to get Gronk to do a reading so oh, you can download. Cool. I know. That's, I really want to ask you about Gronk stuff, too. But I love Gronk. I know you do. I mean, Gronk I is way smarter than y'all think he I, is. I've said that before. Yeah, he says he's like a savant. Like, he just picks up things immediately. In meetings, he was amazing. Because I worked in New England. Before you were there. Oh, yeah. Gronk, yeah. Is, Gronk is pretty smart. Gronk was impressed with me, too. He's like, no one's ever learned the offense as fast as you. <laughs> I say, I've been in like 10 offenses. There's only so much to crack, you know, so many codes to crack. So if they want to so, see your app, yeah. Uh, yeah, so app you store wanna, go to Imagination Agency? Yeah, you can just search Hey AJ in the app store. Okay. Or you can search Martellus Bennett in the app store. I'll sure. make sure I put that as one of the keywords. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, I'm going to check it out, man. And I then am. What's I'm going to show called? it to my kids. My newest book is called Hey AJ's um, Bedtime. My first book was called Hey AJ's Saturday. It's a part of the series and I got a new I got a new animated film I'm finishing up right now that I'm about to score um John Williams no I'm gonna score it myself with friends. really yeah so um so I'm about to start scoring that we just finished up the animation for the last episodes on that and I just released another album I released the album in um February and another song I'm releasing two more albums this year music. yeah yeah so. unsolicited here man there are makers and there are managers in this life. You're a maker. Your company is going to get big to where it's going to need you to manage. Don't stop making. Oh, no, I've never stopped. I, I know you won't. I couldn't. Like I, I've just seen it too many times. I never could stop making, right? So that's like my biggest thing. Like my entire career, even when I was playing at a high level of things, I was always making stuff. Like if I wasn't playing, like when I played for the Cowboys, I actually was in an alternative hip-hop group that used to tour in a, in a, um, called the Moonshine Kids. That's, so that's we used to amazing. do we used to go perform in all different types of places. So right. I used to there was times where like I was telling somebody like one night I ended up performing it was like Slim Thug and um wow. Powwow but none of them really knew me cuz I was just like a a yeah. guy a guy just some big black guy that's hanging six, out. Seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I performed in like all kinds of cool cool places and stuff like that and so I used to perform a lot more and then I started doing more art and I used to skateboard and roll, rollerblade um um, and stuff. So I started doing more art, and I used to host art shows all the time. Right. So I just now started back painting. So I'm gonna start. I think I might do an art show this year, probably closer to the ESPYS. That's awesome. And um, and I always want to make more music. Like I have like ten musical album projects that's out. Dude, I can tell your brain is not the <laughs> same as my brain. Okay. So yeah. So like I so like right now I'm super excited just about life to be able to wake up and create every single day because that's all I want. That's like my driving purpose in life is just to make things. I always knew that. Yeah. I'm a storyteller. I always want to tell stories, and then which form of medium is um, should that story be told in? Is it an app? Is it a novel? Is it a book? I'm actually writing my first adult book. Oh, right now uh, that always sounds sounds so dirty when I say that. It does. Rock. I was yeah. suspecting Fifty hey, Shades of something. <laughs> Fifty Shades. Fifty Shades of football. <laughs> Come on, on to my new book. It's called. Fourth and long. The three point stands. <laughs> <laughs> this is fourth and long. Where Martellus and always goes deep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the perfect place to end. You yeah. are the man. First of all, I would like you to say this for, on both of our yeah. account. We are huge fran- fans of you and your brother. Big we time. really have been. I mean, we've been here. So and, is Phil Sims. Yeah, exactly. Really, I love him. He's all right. We're yeah, going to keep him for girl. now. But yes, uh, we just would like to say that we always have appreciated your, you and your brother's honesty. Uh, you're thinking outside the box. You're challenging the norms, all that. And, I mean, you were awesome. Thank you. People don't realize how good you were. Yeah. 
I mean, you, you're a phenomenal football player. And your brother, I'm not trying to be a jerk here, like your brother's one of the best defensive players uh, in the last 15 years in the league. Like he's that phenomenal to me. Never got the credit he deserves, but we enjoyed I, watching both of you play. Not to, I mean, not to continue to stay going. Yeah. I'm pretty sure people are tired of me talking right now. Like, <laughs> yeah, that guy never shuts up. And actually, I don't even do that many interviews. You're doing good. You're, other than you sweating, I mean, I know I make people nervous, but it's okay. Man, I, always, I sweat just because I'm my... just an ex-quarterback with a podcast <laughs> show. Relax. <laughs> Man, I like I like the quarterbacks. I always sit right behind the quarterback in meetings. Yeah, because well, you're smart. Yes. Yeah, you're and I always smart. Tap, hey Tom. Oh, hey Tom. How should I run that? And then cover it. <laughs> and then I'll go see. Oh, Martellus is so into this. So I'm now he's make sure trust. I get so, yeah. six balls. Right. <laughs> One of the greatest coaches. Uh, <laughs> Mike Pope. Mike Pope. So Mike Pope told me, one like, the greatest I, tight end coaches ever. He coached my dad's Giants team. Yes. Right. Yeah, one of the greatest coaches ever. Right. And we'll go down in history for as one of the greatest tight end coaches ever. And, you know, he had a couple of health problems this last couple of years. But playing for him changed my my trajectory as a player. Um, I was When I first got to New York, like, this is where I would say, like, in Texas you could be a horse, but in New York you could be a unicorn. And um, <laughs> and when I got to New York, he was my tight end coach. And it was my first year as a starter because I was always kind of nervous. Like, I always knew I could play. Right. But I just – I never had got the chance because I was behind Jason Witten. Yeah. Never, he tore – his spleen came out his back one game, and they taped it back up and put it in. <laughs> he never got hurt. And he came back and played. Right. You know, like, so it's just like – I remember one day warming up for the game. He was supposed to be out. His ankle was like the size of this microphone or something like that. And I'm warming up in the starters, and he was just struggling all week to practice. So I'm like, I'm about to start. This is my chance. And here he comes jogging out the tunnel. I'm like, yeah. what the fuck is this yeah. guy made yeah. of? Yeah. He's like, <laughs> like the hell, I'm not letting Martellus get that shit today. He's like, take your helmet <laughs> off. But he's one of the greatest tight ends I've ever seen play, too. Yeah. A lot of people think I hate Witten. But I respect his I respect his game so much because he just the way he ran routes, the technique that he always used, the way he played the game, yep. all around I right. always respected his game. Yeah. But like Mike Pope told me, like I was playing with Eli and um Eli threw me a pa- so everything I, every time I caught a pass, I was just super excited because I didn't get to catch that many. You know what I'm saying? It's like when when you first get on Instagram and you get a like, you always happy about it. And the Total. dopamine's rushing. Yeah, totally, yeah. totally. But, you know, uh, you'll get the, now you don't get the dopamine. I don't know. I don't do that Instagram shit. So yeah. go ahead. <laughs> so Mike comes back to me. I run back. I score a touchdown. Like I'm high fiving Akeem Nix and everything. And I run right back to the sideline to um, Mike, and he's like, "What you doing?" It's like I just came over here. He told me he's like, "Go give the quarter- quarterback some sugar." I was like. Some sugar? What you talking about? He's like, like the horses. When the horses do something good, you give a little sugar just to make sure that you know. So, like, after that, every time I got the ball from Eli, I'd be like, sugar. Yeah, great catch, <laughs> high five, like, slap him on the butt, yeah. everything. Like, oh, that, Eli's a great guy, too. I know he is. He's funny. Yes. He's funnier than Peyton. Yes, yeah. agreed. Yeah. Totally. He's a funny, dude. He right. is. Producer Josh has been in my ear for Oh, he's stressed. Oh, he's stressed. All right, Josh. Thank you. Watch your shit, Josh, before I jump through the, the microphone to yeah. come get you. That's yeah, awesome. eat that mother hen. NWA and this beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're definitely going to well, – we want you to have you back soon. Yes. All right. For sure. No, you got to open invitation. Martellus Bennett. Mm-hmm. Anytime you want. Imagination Agency. Go download the app right now. Sims breaking down the college linebackers. All right, we have been uh, talking about it for a long time. We're finally going to do Sims' linebacker breakdown. We're going to focus on the four linebackers that are either getting a lot of attention or, in Sims' mind, deserves a lot of attention. Uh, do you want to start off with Roquan or Tremaine? I want to start off with Tremaine. 
Is he your favorite linebacker Tremaine in this class? Is, Tremaine is my favorite linebacker. Yes, he is. He uh, is the physical freak. He is. He's one of my man crushes of this draft, for sure. He's mine. I already picked him. You already picked him? I He's can't. my man crush. Okay, fine. You can have him then. Thank you. Thank first you. of all, I first was amazed that his brother was the safety on the team, who's also very good. But we'll get to safeties at some other point. Yes. Uh, listen, I'm just going to read. I haven't read, gone back and even read these because it was like one of the first positions I broke yeah. down, right? So uh, let's just make this plain and simple. This guy's one of the safest picks of the draft. He's one of the best players in the draft. He is definitely a top 15 pick. It's just going to depend where and how the draft shakes out, certain positions, whatever it may be. But he is a no, no, can't miss, no brainer. I mean, who's your pro that, player comparison? Gosh, my pro. Is it Anthony Barr? Uh, it, he, but he's better than Anthony Barr as a middle. Really? He's, he's reversed Anthony Barr. Anthony Barr, remember, was a was DN where we said, oh, They're we think he can play him. some linebacker for sure. This kid is a middle linebacker for real who can play defense end. So he's like reverse Anthony wow. Barr. He's better than Brian Urlacher You're coming not worried. out. How's his size? I mean, he's uh, 6'5", 253. It's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I'm just going to read this straight out. I don't even know what I wrote. Who cares? Okay. Well, I'm only a few plays in. And wow, hard for me to believe that there is any linebacker in this draft that can be this good. Okay. So that's my first line. Um, the size-speed combo is special as it gets for a middle linebacker. Kind of not, And he's a natural ball-hawking middle linebacker. Like legit value as an edge rusher uh if you want to move him there he can play three four outside linebacker without a doubt but i still think he's best as a middle linebacker he's like a reverse anthony Barr, just a better football player than Barr was in college wow. plus this kid is a natural middle linebacker okay only weakness to this point is teams take advantage of his overall aggressiveness right because he but that's college it's college and sometimes there's a, the, the party the in the red yeah. sea and they play action and he can't wait to kill the running back and he goes up there and they sure. go oh there's somebody behind yeah. Okay, so yes, it's not perfect. Nobody is. Um, they, but they take advantage of his overall aggressiveness and his quickness to diagnose plays, which I thought was extremely impressive. I mean, this is not just some meathead in the middle just like, oh, there's the bull. I'm going to go get it. So why is he top 15 and not top 10? Because I just, of the position? Yeah, yeah. I just that was just being safe. I think he is a top 10. Because that's my thing. But is what like, if five quarterbacks go? Oh, no, no, I get you know that. I mean? But here's my thing. Oh, yeah, it's like ahead. we have all these knocks on some of the corners, and right. there's knocks on some of the safeties, and there's one offensive lineman, there's yeah. one defensive end. Right. But you know that if this guy is going to be in the middle of your defense for 10 years, it's like when C.J. Mosley went like 15 to the Ravens, and everyone's like, he's a lock. I'll be a pro bowler his whole career. And I'm yeah. sitting there going, the then why are we not drafting him earlier? Yeah, I get that. Because of positional need. I guess so. But right. this is a, the, the, he's going to be the captain of your defense right. for 10 Right. Well, also years? maybe positional need for your own team, right? Where they just go like, we don't need a linebacker here. Or maybe they need a linebacker and a tackle or a guard and they're like, gosh... It's Nelson or Tremaine. Well, right. you know, whatever. I, I don't know. So th- I'm just I, saying that do way. Do you believe but though, I that get he could point. be a game-changing linebacker? Game-changing. That's yeah, I know. That's rare. I know. There's that's why. I mean, I haven't seen many mock drafts. I mean, I've seen like the Raiders. They're going to take a linebacker. Right. A lot of people. I'm seeing Tremaine possibly going to the Raiders, to the Niners, right, uh, to the Dolphins, right. Boom. Uh, yeah. Right there at eleven. That and then can... I, I also think that I don't think the Colts, but you never know. No. Maybe that high at six. Yeah, I mean, probably not that high at six, no. but I mean, uh, end of the day, yeah, I just wrote, hey, the ability to pursue ball carriers is absolutely amazing. He plays faster than his 4.54 speed at the combine. <sighs> Which is nuts. Sets the edge, gets off blocks. Uh, even when he's in a disadvantage in blocks, he still gets off. 
And he's in a phenomenal, what I call a green dog blitzer, which is like basically he's covering the the, the running back man to man, and then the running back is blocked, and then he flies in because he's so explosive. Quarterbacks go, oh, he's not coming, and then the next thing they look back and they're like, oh shit, he's in my face. Yes, he's here. Um, but for a tall middle linebacker, I wrote he's very good at taking on cut blocks. Coverage is off the charts. So is open field tackling. Good discipline. Understands his assignments. Really, really impressed. With this kid for a tall guy, uh, he can really fight through trash. Yeah. Bottom line, kid is no brainer. Uh, definitely one of the best, best I have watched. Special top fifteen, may, maybe top ten. Yeah. Four three three four, probably best in three four. I wrote best in three four. Yeah. Uh, I love him. Yeah. I I saw him at the combine. And I was like, who is this cyborg that is running right he, now? I mean, he is he's phenomenal. So Roquan is more traditional. Roquan's the one that won all the awards. He won like the defensive awards and all that. He was amazing at Georgia. Yes, I think this guy is special too. I agree. Uh, I met him in person. Right, really nice guy. You know, he's got the great smile. He looked like he was running for governor of Georgia. Sure, right. He had the nice pressed khakis. Right. Uh, You could tell he's like very focused. But every time I watched him, he had that sideline to sideline gear that when it went on, the running back almost got scared. Like the running back chopped his feet a little bit. Right. What did you say? Yeah. I mean, I think you're spot on with some of your assessment, for sure. I mean, Edmonds is a freak of nature, right? So that's why I put him one. It's right. just so rare you see a guy like this. This guy is awesome. I mean, he's awesome. He's he's your, you know, Reuben Foster. He's your Bobby Wagner type. They were comparing him a lot to Deion Jones. Yeah, sure. I could see that, too. Yes, I could. I think he, I think he actually might be a better overall player than Deion was coming out. Deion wow. was just pure athleticism. Yes. I feel like this kid has a better, a little bit better feel for the game overall. But, um... I just I wrote this. I wrote first of all, he's six one. He's two thirty six. I saw him in person. He's impressive looking. He is. Um, and I wrote this. I, I will oh, Woody, say this. Woody wouldn't stop talking about his traps. Oh, his Woody, traps. Woody, our makeup artist. She she just kept going. She goes, "What is this? How do they get that high?" I mean, he's he's made a steal. Just another guy, and his and his legs and ass are. Top notch. I mean, there are tens out of tens. Wow. Yeah. When you I saw that person, no, I know it was. It was. It looked good. Okay. <laughs> I will say this to start. <laughs> I didn't mean it to come out no, like that. It was it just great. Did. I will say this to start. He is more explosive than on film than on TV. Has great compact build and a great pair of legs. He's a lot like Ruben F- Foster's film from last year, except this kid has a better build and natural thickness. I think his acceleration is better than Foster. Hips not as good as in coverage. Uh, he definitely has a more explosive. He's definitely a hair more explosive than Foster or even Edwards from Virginia Tech. Edmonds, not yeah, yeah Edmonds. Sorry, not as good getting off blocks or blitzing, uh, reading, read and react as Edmonds, but still both very good. Uh, let's see. Other than taking on blockers and shielding them, I, I should say this. It's being picky. I mean, the kid is awesome. So I, I guess I was trying to say there, I'm reading too fast, but there are times when he can get stuck on blockers, right? Gotcha. Where He's he a little just bit smaller. Right. He can't get off. It, sometimes there was a few times they play a 3-4 defense where the guard would get on him, and he just couldn't get off. I mean, yeah. it wasn't like I was oh, like, oh, Quint- we're knocking him out of the first round. Quentin Nelson was talking about facing him. He's like, he's just all over the He's place. all over the place. He really is. So is he a 4-3? Uh, he is a four-three true middle linebacker for wow. me. Yes, he is. He is. I mean, or he could be like a will linebacker, which sometimes is the more athletic guy. So if you're the Raiders yeah. and you need a middle linebacker, yeah. I need a defensive lineman. Yeah. And Vita Vega sitting there, and Roquan right. Smith sitting there. Mm. Yeah, I gotta. Do, I haven't watched all of Vita Vega yet, so that's like my, one of my next positions is D tackles. But 
I would probably go with Roquan. Wow. Yeah. You like him a lot. Yeah, it just it, it's such a valuable position this day and age in the NFL. That's, I mean, that's what I'm saying with the running backs and having to cover right, and all that the stuff. Hurry up offenses, all that stuff. Um, yeah, so give me your but, overall. Yeah, I mean, I just wrote like Edmonds. He's a tremendous open field tackler. He can play four three or three four. But I thought I said in the NFL, I think he's best suited for the four three. He's a Bobby Wagner, Reuben Foster type. Mm. Uh, let's see. Oh, oh, oh! I wrote this. Oklahoma game is different for Smith. More speed, passing, misdirection type of game. Not what he's used to in the SEC, and he struggled a little bit in that game just because it was different from yeah. what he had been used to. The S, you know, the Big Twelve. He had to play, he had to get used to playing flag football for the first time all year. Um, but uh, let's see, I wrote Edmonds. I compared them a lot to each other. So I just wrote Edmonds, more impressive in this type of game versus Clemson. The misdirection uh, got got off guards and tackles a little bit better than Raquan Smith did. Um, but at the end of the day, um, him and Edmonds, both awesome. I give edge to Edmonds because of the size and the ability to get off blocks. But this kid is also a top five or, I mean, top 10 or top 15 pick. Awesome. Yeah. Number three. In terms of linebackers, yeah. a lot of people yeah. have Leighton Vander Esch as the guy. Right. The Boise State linebacker, he'll be the first man ever invited to the draft who played eight-man football in high school. He's from Salmon, Salmon River High School in Riggins, Idaho. Right. I asked you a few weeks ago, yeah. what do you think about this Leighton Vander Esch? I mean, scouts love this kid. What do you think about him? I don't love him. I will say that right off the bat. In fact, I didn't even think about this until you just started bringing it up. Who, who was the kid that got drafted out of Boise that went to Chicago in the first round of the middle linebacker? Shane McClellan. Shane McClellan. This is what would scare me. It's the same type of guy, really, I think, at the end of the day. You're so, not being biased because they both went to Boise? No, I don't think I am. I think it's going to be the player. You'll see what okay. I say here. I don't, I don't even remember what I oh, hey, You listen. really don't like him. He's 6'4", he's 256. I do think he's one of the more overrated guys in the draft. I'm not saying he's... He's NFL caliber linebacker. We know that. But he's not like in the 15s or 20s of the first round. I would have a hard time taking him in the first round. I'm just going to throw that out there right now. I okay. would. I, everybody, this is, so this is the one thing I hear, okay, right away when I talk, when I watch or I hear anybody on TV watch the Oregon game. Okay, well, I watched the Oregon game, okay? I mean, I could have made most of those tackles. I mean, he fucking stood there, and there was a big hole, and the running back ran right into him. Oh, my gosh! I mean, so, is there athleticism there? Certainly, but that would be a game where I'd go, like, you're just cherry-picking a game and going, oh, he look at all these tackles, and you're not really evaluating the quality of the tackle or what he had to do to make them, right? We used to talk about this with Chris Borland all the time. Exactly. It's like he had it's 18 tackles, and, 19, and 16 of them were like seven down yards the field. Down the field. Right, and sometimes the game just lays it up on a silver platter for you. It and sure it, does. The, the coach called a blitz through this gap, and they ran the ball right there. I'm amazing. Look how awesome I did. But, okay, tall and long with a body that looks like uh, it will continue to fill out. High-cut waist, long legs, long arms. Looks like a Keith Bullock, Brian Urlacher type of linebacker. I would say no way. He was 256 pounds during the season. Looks like 242 to 245 to me, and I'm an expert at looking at naked men, and I'm probably right. Okay. Impressed with his side-to-side movements, good quicks, good ability, in and out of transition, straight speed, not all that impressive. Build-up speed, not a lot of explosion or acceleration. And out of all the linebackers I had watched at this point, he's the least physical linebacker, least physical linebacker I've watched. It's a little concerning. Not real, real physical taking on blockers, doesn't square people up, edges them with his shoulders. Haven't seen him really lay the wood on anybody yet. Um... I don't, but 
I, I wrote, all right, so then I wrote, but, and I, I, don't, I don't think this kid can play middle linebacker in the NFL. He's not a physical enough, not willing enough to throw his body around. He's on the ground too much. He leans and loses balance when tackling or taking on blocks. Not, not, a, not so sure this kid is not a better fit for a 3-4 outside linebacker. That's what I wrote. That's where I think he should be. Like a T.J. Watt. Exactly. Right. And he's not as strong or as powerful as T.J. Watt. Right. Right. So where's the positive in here? So the positive is he's tall, he's big, he is athletic, right? But I just don't love the football aspect of it. He's got something to prove to me there. For, and that, to me, just I can't take you in the first round about that. That's too, that's too questionable for me. Um, so let me see where I wrote uh, yeah, I, here we go. I wrote Oregon game, lots of tackles. I wrote silver platter though. Oregon style fits him. Speed, space game. He got to make tackles. He didn't have to square anybody up and lay the wood. Right? It was perfect for him. And then I wrote, I like this kid as an athlete. He's very fluid, good side to side moving, but not twitchy, explosive enough for middle linebacker. Wouldn't be a middle linebacker on my team. Has value as a coverage linebacker and on pass situations, but traditional my, traditional middle linebacker stuff very average. Mm. Yeah. So what round do you think he is, Morris? Well, I, I, for me, he'd be a second-round type of guy. Like I would say somewhere between 35 and 50. Mm. But I, I don't what know. What do you think people are falling for? I think they just fall for the size and measurables. I really do. I think that's really what it comes down to a lot of times. And he won a lot of awards, and he put up a lot of big numbers. And he, I mean, he looks the part, all that. I get that. And maybe they think there's potential there. Yeah. But I'm always wary of anybody with potential at that position who doesn't want to just throw their body around. You need to see a little recklessness. I have to. Yeah. T- because t- if playing you that think position, Oregon was work. reckless, and the, I mean, yeah, wait till you see Zach Martin on your ass, and then you're going to go, holy shit, this shit's reckless. So I'm swearing a lot today. So Joe's you have be mad. so you have Evans as the third linebacker. Yeah, I overlaid. like Evans b- better than him. All right, so this right. is the uh, this is the Alabama linebacker. Right, uh, he's a first round linebacker to me. Evans. So this guy's a first round linebacker. He is. This is the surprise first round linebacker that we talked about last week. Right, he he is. Um, okay, so six three two thirty two. Right, that's what Evans is. Let me get up his profile just so I got it here. But six three two thirty two. Kid has a good look. He's like a uh, he's like a longer version of of Ro- Roquan Smith uh, or Foster from last year. Mm. A- and then I wrote, actually, he's just C.J. Mosley. That's who he is. He's C.J. Mosley, except just maybe not quite as explosive, but very good in coverage, very fluid, better hips than Roquan Smith in Georgia. Ooh. Runs really well. Yeah, his ability to kind of open up and things like that. Where Roquan is like. Let me redirect my body, and then I'm going to be a heat-sicking missile straight away. This guy could turn his hips and turn with tight ends running down the middle, just a little more fluidly. Gotcha. Not that Roquan was bad. And we're bad talking at about it. Rashawn Evans. Rashawn Evans, exactly right. Um, runs really well, has good acceleration, but he is not as explosive as an athlete as Edmonds or Smith. Uh, good wiggle, really has a knack to go si- sidestep and 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 uh, avoid blockers and make a tackle still. I thought that was actually really impressive. Solid, consistent tackler. Not going to try to knock people's heads off like Smith from Georgia, but does have that type of explosion and legs on contact. Um, Or doesn't have that explosion or legs on contact. Excuse me. Let's see. Discipline is what you expect from a Bama linebacker. Not... uh, 
he's not quite the the middle linebacker ball hawk that Mosley or Foster were, were before him. Still, this kid has no weakness to his game. Like the other two middle linebackers, just not quite as good. Like Edmonds from Virginia Tech is very skilled blitzer who has value as an edge rusher in certain situations, mm. which he does. I mean, that's what Alabama does. It's like when I studied Dante Hightower when I was working for the Patriots. He played middle linebacker, but in certain situations he played like defense end, and he would rush like eight. Sounds like Evans might be a good opportunity for the Patriots at twenty one or thirty two. Oh, he, you know what? You're exactly he's he is for sure. He would be their type right? of guy because they need those multiple guys no in the front doubt. seven, and they've kind of lost a bunch of them. The uh, you're, you're exactly right, and I didn't even really think about that. But yes, he could be the type of guy they look for at twenty one or, or thirty two, wherever he ends up. Um, let's the see. Eagles have thirty two. Okay, I wrote better in coverage than Smith. Uh, and better in trash than Smith, but not by enough where I'm going to say he is better all-around player than Smith. Gotcha. Strength, a point of attack, uh, bend around the edge, really impressive. Um, really impressive at DN for a long frame. What the hell did I write here? Strength, at point of attack. Who cares? Let me just go to the next one. End of the day, Kid is usually is really a good player with no weakness uh, in coverage or getting off blocks. Um, but overall, just as not as gifted physically as Edmonds or Smith. I wrote 20 to 35. He has room to get bigger and thicker as well. So do you like this linebacker crop that you've seen? Uh, I don't love it. I gotta say, like out of the other guys that I've watched, whether that's like Malik Jackson out of Texas, I mean, solid, but not special. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other guys. Hold on. I'm just going to make sure I pull them all up here just so I don't mess this up. Pull the teams. Pull the teams. But overall, no, it's not a real... Imp- so Tremaine is special. Roquan is, it sounds like, is beyond solid. Like he has da- he has like like little pieces of special, but he's a really good player. Yes. Evans is like a little bit lower than that, but he's like super clean and knows it. Right. And then Leighton sounds a little bit like a, um, a project, maybe? I, yeah, a project or really more of a projection to me. Like, I, I mean, you have to project that he's going to play a certain way that you didn't really see on film in the NFL, or you have to go, I think he's a 3 4 outside linebacker type. I mean, or that's... be like such a good linebacker coach like Mike Zimmer that you can get a guy like Anthony Barr and like you can just train him because that's your expertise. Yes, certainly. I, I mean, listen, there's a lot of things to like, but I just saw the film with Leighton Vander Esch did not come anywhere near his athletic testing, right? Gotcha. It just was Whereas not. Whereas Tremaine, he, it matched. It, it was better. Remember, I wrote he right. wrote he actually plays faster than four five four. Man. Roquan, yeah, not as freaky as Tremaine, but like Roquan and Tremaine Edmonds, they they can be multiple all pro type linebackers. That's what kind of skill they have. Where Evans could be a pro bowler, and if the year goes right, maybe an all pro at some right. point. But he's definitely a starting linebacker for a long, long time. I was going to gonna say you should tell Kyle to uh, make sure he takes Edmonds there at nine. But the true thing is they won't have that pick because they're going to be sending it to the New York Giants <laughs> for so Odell funny. Beckham so Jr. Funny. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. As always, we love you very much. Uh, thank you so much for the iTunes reviews. We're closing in on 900, which is pretty awesome. Cool. Uh, and as well, thanks for checking us out on YouTube. And if you could, go to the Webbies and vote for us. We want to knock off Bill Simmons as the top podcast. And Sims will do something insanely embarrassing if we get the win. For Sims. Peace out, homies. For Fendrick. Good evening. And the L-E-F-K-O-E. Man. Says goodnight. We'll holler at you guys soon. Enjoy the rest of your day. We'll be back with episode 161 later this week. See ya.